Live. Well, this is Studio B Live, and I'm your host, David Burns, along with my wife, Sherry, where we talk about bees. I mean, this is Studio B Live, nothing but bee talk here, and this is a podcast of Long Lane Honey Bee Farms, a honey bee business of my wife, Sherry, and myself, hardworking beekeepers that want to help you know more about beekeeping. This is where you're going to hear about beekeeping. The unabridged, the unadulterated, the unbridled, the unbelievable talking of bees. There is, there is, this is where talking about bees is the happening thing, Sherry. It sure is, right here in our own little spot in central Illinois. That's right, and, and, and beekeeping is more fun than a stuffy office job. More adventurous than mowing your yard. More therapeutic than uh, mindless late night sitcoms. And better for your health than that third bag of potato chips. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) You worked on that one, didn't you? No, it just all came to me as I was speaking. (laughs) (laughs) I know that mindless bag of chips sounds good. No, no, no. Not a mindless bag of chips. It was a mindless late night sitcom. Oh, <laughs> and what'd you say about the bag of chips? Uh, better for your health than that third bag of chips. Oh, the third bag of chips, okay. Yeah, you know, who wants to sit around and eat? I've never really had a fascination with potato chips that much, have you? No, 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 no. Boy, our daughter does. We have a daughter that loves Doritos. <laughs> Man, she'll die for a bag of Doritos. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about beekeeping. And Sherry, what I wanted to share with our audience while I have you in the studio with me, is that interest has really been building about beekeeping. You know, here it is October, and I remember last year that it wasn't all that... uh, I mean, there were people calling and there was interest, but nothing like what I'm seeing now in October. And especially with people calling about packaged bee orders, more and more people are wanting to order bees now. And, um, wow, we're holding them off until November the 9th. But there's a lot more orders for equipment than I remember last year at this time. And I've been busy. I had a um, television interview a few weeks ago, and then a gentleman from the lo- uh, local Danville newspaper came out today for a newspaper interview. Photographers coming out tomorrow. It's just a lot of beekeeping uh, uh, things going on in October when you and I spend this time getting ready, believe it or not, for next year. So it's really been kind of busy, hasn't it? Yeah, it it really has. There has been a lot of people that have called and and been asking about classes and getting bees and uh, and we're getting we're having to get geared up here. This is Studio B Live's new edition entitled this new segment that's known as Best Bee Books to Buy. Best Bee Books to Buy. Ooh, there's a lot of books out there on beekeeping. Some of the books that we read today uh, date back prior to a lot of the pests and diseases that we struggle with today. Still, they're very good books, but you have to also begin to look into the new pests and new mites that we wrestle with today that may not be in the older literature that you read. So it's always helpful to stay up to date and there are some fabulous books today about beekeeping, and I want to share two of them with you. Woo, two books. In fact, these books uh, are two among about 25 
that I'm reading and studying in preparation for my master beekeeping certification from the Eastern Apicultural Society. And these two books I began reading uh, earlier this year. I want to tell you about them. They're really good. You should get them. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, in beekeeping there are uh, maybe two categories of books, to me anyway, and I classify them in two categories. There are the books that are very scientific, very difficult and challenging to read because of their scientific nature, uh, heavily uh, on the side of being very um, biological, scientific names that uh, that we seldom hear uh, parts of the bee's anatomy that you cannot pronounce. You know, that, that kind of literature. Good reading, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's very intelligent uh, and very knowledgeable uh, endemologist that writes these books that are very helpful. But it can be difficult for the novice beekeeper. And then you go all the way over to the other spectrum, the other uh, end of the uh, spectrum, and you find books that are so... Um, what should I say, so simple that they're nothing more than simple. (laughs) Sometimes you can't really gain much information if they're simply uh, teaching you things you already know in the most simplest forms. But these two books, I think, will be very, very good for you. They have a good balance of simplicity and complexity. So how's that? All right, let me give you the first one. You need to buy this book and put it in your book library at home. Put it where you're going to read your books this winter when it's kind of cold outside. Nothing else to do. You're tired of watching television. Tired of wondering and worrying about whether your bees are going to live or die in the winter. So you can get this book and read it. Here's the title. Ready? Pen and paper. Pen and paper ready. Hey, and by the way, if you don't know this, let me tell you. If you're listening and you hear something and you want to you want to pause this broadcast or or rewind it, you can do that. Most of your uh players that you're listening to online have a have the buttons just like a tape recorder on your screen and you can back up a little bit and hear this again. So if uh, I'm not going to keep repeating things over and over cuz I know you can get this by backing up. So this book is titled Honey Bee Biology and beekeeping. And it's by Dewey Caron, C-A-R-O-N. I'm sorry if I don't pronounce his name right. It's C-A-R-O-N, and to me it looks like Caron. It could be Caron. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, this is a great book. I love it. Ooh, it has a great, great uh, background on uh, bees, uh, history of bees, history of beekeeping, But then it gets into very detailed information that you probably don't know and have never heard before. Excellent book. In fact, let me tell you a little bit about um, Mr. Karen. He's a popular speaker and author, by the way, professor of entomology at the University of Delaware, where he was presented the university's outstanding teaching award. And uh, he wrote this book to summarize his apicultural teaching and extension efforts. Let me, let me quote for you what he says about this book. Here's what he says. Honey Bee Biology and Beekeeping explains bee biology, what bees do, and provides the tools 
which make it possible for an individual to successfully manage bee colonies. I have concentrated on the why aspects of bee biology, the biological basis of specific beekeeping activities, so that the reader understands when and how certain things must be done. My intent is to explain bee and beekeeping basics in a manner meaningful to a person who lacks an extensive background or knowledge of biology. Yet, I have not oversimplified bee biology to the point where it is meaningless to the serious beekeeper or informed biologist. By the way, uh, you can get this book, uh, probably Amazon, I'm sure, most bookstores, but let me challenge you and encourage you to get it from Wickwas Press. This is Larry Connor, and he is an author that participates in a column in the American Bee Journal. And uh, Larry has been in beekeeping forever and a respected entomologist in his own right in beekeeping. And he does offer um, this book through his uh, book beekeeping book uh, business called Wickwas Press. And that information is available online if you simply go to wickwas.com, W-I-C-W-A-S.com. And uh, this is Larry's website, and um, it's a, a press uh, uh, book uh, library, available beekeeping books of quality beekeeping books for you to purchase. And it's Dr. Lawrence uh, Connor, uh, his website, Wickwas Press. Let me give you the information, by the way. If you just want to call him to order this book, I encourage you to do that. His telephone number is 269-344-8020. Two seven. I'll give you that number one more time. Two six nine three four four eight zero two seven. Or you can email Larry at l j c o n n o r at aol dot com. Tell him you want the book. He'll take care of either sending you an invoice or encouraging you to pay through PayPal or by check. But tell him you're interested in the book, Honeybee Biology and Beekeeping by Dewey Karen. And tell him David Burns of Long Lane Honeybee Farms referred you. And that will get you nothing. <laughs> no discount, nothing. Except he'll probably say, who? Oh, well. <laughs> you can say what you want to. But this is a good book, all right? Get that book. It is full of illustrations. Woo! I can't say enough positive things. I love this book. Absolutely love it. And let me look at the table of contents. Just I don't want to read all these to you, but look at this. Uh, um, talks about um, talks about the various types of stinging insects. Talks about, uh, of course, uh, the life cycle of seasonal social relatives. It talks about honeybee anatomy. goes into detail about honeybee anatomy. talks about the bee nest. talks about the communication of the honeybees, their dance languages, pheromones. talks about queens. It talks about uh, queen rearing. And on and on the list goes. Of course, disease and pest and pesticides. You'll love it. It's a hardback, a lot of fun. 
Hey, I want to tell you about a second book that is uh, a book that I started reading as part of my master beekeeping uh, course study. This is a very good book. In fact, I am going to say this, and I don't say this very often. Of all the people I have met who impress me over their knowledge of beekeeping, and there are many. Whew, I can just rattle off names of people that impress me, uh, people that I look up to. You know, you have names like Keith Delaplane, Jennifer Berry, Sue Kobe. Um, uh, I'm just drawing a blank, but they're all out there, you know, uh, that, that they're amazing at what they're doing in beekeeping. But this individual, I think, and, and my reading and, and working with him just, uh, for, for a, a week uh, at uh, EAS conference, uh, I, I've been impressed with Clarence Collison. He is a professor of entomology and head of the Department of Entomology and Plant Pathology at Mississippi State University. And I have really grown to appreciate Clarence's knowledge of beekeeping, his impact that he is making. And by the way, he does have a column in the other bee journal, uh, Bee Culture. Uh, and that is a bee <clears throat> journal that you should be subscribing to. Uh, comes out once a month, like American Bee Journal, that Larry uh, Connor writes in. But Clarence has an article every month in Bee Culture magazine, and it is called What Do You Know? Well, he put all of this and more uh, of what he does in his uh, magazine column into this book. And guess what the title of the book is? Well, those of you that are sharp, you know the title is the same. It's What Do You Know? And this book is written in a unique way. It has uh, a chapter one. Uh, it has a list of, well, it starts off with an introduction. Each chapter has an introduction. Um, but then it has a list of questions. For example, chapter one has how many questions? Ooh, wow, let me back up. I must have missed something here. I think I skipped over to chapter two. Yeah, there it is, 46 questions. And so... Um, <clears throat> like chapter one is about honeybees and their relatives. And it's all about honeybees and stinging insects that sometimes people confuse with honeybees. But um, this is chapter one. And these uh, questions are presented for you to see, test yourself as to what you know about uh, beekeeping. Oh, I, I was wrong. It's not 46 questions in chapter one. It's 169 questions. I thought there were more. And... Uh, Chapter one. But anyway, um, let's take a, let's, let me give you an example. Like in the first section, um, there's true and false, multiple choice, uh, kind of fill in the blank questions. But let's do a couple of uh, true and false because uh, that would be faster. Hmm. Let's see. Here's an example. Question number 23. Africanized honeybees were introduced into the United States prior to the July-August 1985 California fines. Is that true or false? That means uh, Africanized bees were introduced into the United States prior to finding them in California in 1985. Is that true or false? It is true. African honeybees in the form of queens and semen were introduced in the United States prior to 1985. Hey, how about this one? 
The uh, question number 24. The Africanized honeybee moved through South and Central America at a rate of five to 800 miles per year. You know how uh, they say that the Africanized bees are slowly working their way north. How many miles per year? True or false? Five to 800 miles. Well, the answer is false. The Africanized honeybee has moved through South and Central America at a rate of two to 300 miles per year. And here's a question from chapter 7. Question 94 in chapter 7. Why would it be wise for you to plan to requeen a new colony just recently established from a swarm that you had captured? Anybody know? Well, the answer is primary swarms are normally accompanied by the old queen of the parent colony from which the swarm is sued. Therefore, it would be wise to replace her soon after the colony is established. <laughs> oh, man, that, it just goes on and on. These, these are, this is packed full of great information from Clarence Collison. And again, this book is called is titled, What Do You Know? And I believe you can get that from Larry Connor as well. The information I gave you about his website and phone number. There you go. There's two books that you can spend the winter with. Uh, getting all powered up. Getting intelligent. Getting some good information so that you can be a better beekeeper. These two books, again, Honey Bee Biology and Beekeeping by Dewey Karen. And What Do You Know? by Clarence Collison. Uh, maybe a good time to tell our folks about our upcoming class that you and I will be teaching on November the 14th, Saturday, 9 to 4, uh, here in Central Illinois. So if you've got some, what are those miles called? If you fly a lot, you get these... Uh, Frequent flyer miles. So if you got some miles to burn up, some people bought those tickets that you could fly anywhere for a period of time for the same, um, I don't know. But if you've got some reasons to come over here to Illinois, come to our class November the 14th. We have a larger spot. We can get a lot more people there. So we still have spots available. You can go to our website, by the way, at honeybeesonline.com and register from the main website. Um, Sherry, one of the things we've been busy doing, uh, I've been busy, and you've been helping some, is we've been building on a building uh, addition to our shop where we manufacture the beehives, and that's really going to be nice for us. We've got that we got that done yesterday, so we can control the flow of building a lot better. And uh, the last thing we have to do is complete the paint room, so that's the last thing we'll do, and then we'll be ready for a great build. Yeah, it looks really, really nice out there. Yeah, yeah, so that's good to get that done. And let's see. You took a lot of forms in to be printed today because we're gearing. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but here we are gearing up for, you know, taking orders on November the 9th. And it is a lot of paperwork, and I don't think you're looking forward to that, are you? Well, no, it's okay. It is a, it is a lot of paperwork, and, and uh, it's, you know, there's... There's hundreds and hundreds of customers, especially for bee packages. And we do have to keep a track of, you know, addresses, phone numbers, and some of them need them shipped to, you know, Grandma Harriet's house instead of their house, and which is <laughs> fine, but you got to keep you got to keep all of that 
<laughs> you got to keep all track of all of that sort of stuff. So it does take a lot of it does take a lot of man hours hmm. to to just getting packages ready. You know, this is a good time to encourage our uh, customers who will be calling us about package bees to realize. Once again, we stress this every year to try to calm down the masses. But once people place their orders for their package of bees, we will give them approximate ship date. But it is so variable in case, uh, like maybe it rains and we, you know, the, the bees don't ship out for three or four days until they can be gathered up. And what we know is there are some people who try to tell us exactly when their bees will arrive because they're planning you know, spring breaks, and they're, they're planning weddings and vacations, <laughs> and they want to tell us exactly the moment that it's going to come to their door, and we have to tell you, hey, just block out a couple of weeks. We don't know. You know, we can't give you an exact date. When you call and we give you a date, you are not allowed to take vacation, <laughs> have birthday parties, <laughs> yeah, really, or do anything of that nature until your bees arrive. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that we wanted to encourage people this year too is, um, look, if you're a busy person and you're maybe you travel a lot with work, I don't know, you just can't be home all the time. Maybe you have a busy family, and we give you an approximate time your bees are going to arrive. It's a good idea to call a, a friend up and say, hey, if the post office. Um, says my bees are in and I'm not available to pick them up, can you run over there and get them for me and put them in my garage or my basement? Something like that. Um, because some uh, people call us, not a lot, but some people call up and say, I thought they'd be here Thursday and I've got to go out of town now. What do I do? And we say, well, call up a friend and make arrangements. You'll have to do something. So um, there's little, that, there's nothing we can do once they, they're in travel. We cannot change Anything. The post office can uh, deliver them to you quickly or they can drag their heels a little bit. So you just use your best wisdom on that. And, uh, you know, I've been emailing and talking on the phone and arranging times for our packages to get ready. You know, of course, I fly down to Florida, so I've already talked to Larry about arranging that trip and working all the details out there. And also I'll be going down, looks like I'll be going down to Georgia and overseeing the shipment of the package bees to the customers who get them through the mail. And I'm looking forward to that. And, and this is a good time, too, Sherry, to tell people we don't prepare our packages from our bees here in Illinois. We don't want you to be uh, misunderstood about that. We do sell bees from our bee yards here in Illinois, but those are nukes. Also pronounced nooks. <laughs> it's a nucle nucleus of a hive. Uh, four frame nukes. We do sell those from our bees here in Illinois. Those are local pickup only. But we, people just need to understand nobody uh, in, in the northern states can produce packages and have them available in April. Ain't going to happen. So we, we have two points of um, bee population. One is in, in uh, Florida. And I actually drive those back up here. And one is in Georgia, where we actually mail them out of Georgia. So we want you to know that. They're good bees, fabulous. We like them. We wouldn't be sending them out if they weren't great. All right. Well, Sherry, um, uh, it's uh, been good having a, a time off from the busy season. But I, th I think I'm ready to for things to crank up a little bit now and get back into the whole beekeeping uh 
business again. It always cranks up around November for us and gets hot and heavy all the way through the spring. Yeah, we've had a nice little vacation. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't last very long, but it's it's a nice little vacation. We've had our our summer hours where we're almost non-existent, <laughs> and now we're in our fall hours where we're um, in the office a lot more. And and but pretty soon we're going to go into our winter hours, and that's almost a sixteen-hour day uh, when that season starts. Yeah, it really is, and and it's fun and it's enjoyable. It's always good to hear from customers and beekeepers around the country, and we do want to hear from you. Uh, so if you want to get in on the package bees, November the 9th is the day to order your packages. Now, you don't all have to call on the 9th. It's not, <laughs> you're not going to be able to do that. It's going to be a busy signal. But we will start taking orders November the 9th for package bees and nukes, and we'll have it on the website, too. So if you uh, want to order, we had a lot of people order from the website last year. It really is the easiest way is to order on the website. And um, mm-hmm. boy, I'd encourage people to do that. But the one thing that I have to have when they order on the website is we have to have their phone number. So, you know, I, there's a place somewhere, isn't there, that where you can leave comments, something about, you know, Oh, I'm sure there is, because I know, I know last year, I mean, on our orders, some people do leave their phone numbers, so, uh, yeah, yeah, but they have to. In fact, if you don't leave your phone number, there's going to be a charge. <laughs> I'm kidding. We should charge them $10 to have to call them up and say, what's your phone number? That's right. That's right. And as long as you can order online, we still have plenty of packages. Once we run out of packages, then it will go offline, so you don't need to worry about, well, if I place this order... Are they? You don't need to call and say, "Did you get it? Or do you still have plenty of bees?" You know that mm-hmm. that is your cue that we still have plenty of bees. That we will take it offline as soon as we're sold out. That's right. And Sherry, there's a little bit of a dilemma. Maybe it's not a big deal. I won't know the shipping dates, the approximate shipping dates, until mid-December. So people are going to order on November the ninth, trusting that we're going to send the bees out sometime. Late April, early May. And then we'll give a date. I'll put it on the website as soon as I have the date and we'll talk about it. But we just don't have a, you know, a particular date just yet. And they'll get, um, a confirmation letter in the mail that will also have that date on there. Of course, remember, it's an approximate date. We cannot determine the weather down south and you cannot package bees in storms and hurricanes and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh you know, large wind gales and those kinds of things mm-hmm. so um but you'll get that confirmation letter in the mail that's got the the dates on it also yeah so that's coming up so that'll give you a chance you can order so get those packages ordered i would encourage you to order early because um the way the interest is every year we wonder if it's not if we're not going to run out so um do think about that one change this year also so that everybody knows is that um, when you use your credit card, when you call in with your credit card, they will be charged almost right away. Mm. Before, we took the orders and we didn't charge the credit cards for a couple, two or three months. But this year, it's everything's going to be done all at once. And it's just like ordering online. You would use a credit card and you would you would pay for your bees right online right then at the time you're placing your order so it's going to be the same way with phone orders also yeah we, we just have to do that because um 
a lot of people today use debit cards. And some people just have enough money in their debit account, you know, the credit card account, just to kind of, you know, float the week, what they're going to spend. And then they may call up and order five packages. And so when we were waiting and charging, you know, a little bit before we shipped them, and then by that time people forgot to, <laughs> to keep a little money in there. So we had to call, you know, several people, a lot of people up and say, hey, the card's not working, we want to ship your bees. So we're going to alleviate that so we can get that payment done so it won't delay the sending of your package. So do realize we'll be charging your cards when you place your orders. That'll be fun, fun, fun time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Why, why do you think that's funny? I, I love it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to charge your credit card and that'll be a fun, fun time. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. I yeah. Maybe you were planning on buying something. No, it, it's a fun time to, you know, just for orders to start, uh, people to start placing their orders for their package of bees. And it's not that far away. Six months. Yeah. Oh, to get to get the bees. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And um, so, even though we start the ordering in November, people can still probably order November, December, January, February. But you know, don't wait too much longer after that because they do sell out. Yeah. It, it's it scares me when people call up in April and say, "Can you get me bees?" Because we just sometimes can't do anything about that because we have to lock it all in way ahead of time. And uh, with an approximate number of what we think will sell for the year, and we just can't go beyond that. It's like squeezing water out of a dry rag after a while. So do call early. <laughs> I have never heard that one before. Squeezing water out of a dry rag. That's a good one, though, isn't it? I don't know. I like squeezing blood out of a turnip. That's better. No, oh, I don't know. It, turnips don't have blood. <laughs> <laughs> dry rags don't have water either. It's hard, isn't it? But you, but you could squeeze some water out of a dry rag if you had to, but you ain't going to squeeze um, any blood out of a turn. Talking about water, it has rained here nonstop for hmm. since September. It has. My chickens, their feet are so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> don't you have a little mat for them to wipe their feet off? I wish I did. I wish they had to walk through a bath thing or something first and... But your bees have been out really crazy with... Yeah, we've had a few warm days in in the middle of all the rain. And you're right, I'm so sick of rain. But I've been feeding my bees, you know. I love feeding them. I have this success of fall feeding, Sherry, that beekeepers just won't... What does that mean? What do you mean? Uh, uh, by success, you mean? Yeah. Oh, well... You know, a lot of fall, a lot of well, fall feeding I think is more important than any other feeding times because you know you're going into winter. A lot of people feed their bees in the spring to get them built up, but feeding them in the fall does a lot of things. But think about this: you know, in the fall they rob each other's hives. A strong colony will rob a weak colony. Well, if you feed, if you feed them. Then you're gonna you're gonna create a robbing scenario because they can they can sense the feed in the hive. Like if you put a top feeder on in the fall or an entrance feeder in the front, even a frame feeder, I think they're gonna find it and try to rob it out. But what we do is we put these um, we we were using the entrance feeders and, and instead of putting them in the entrance of a hive, we'd put them 50 feet away from the hives and you know away from the hives. So all the bees that may be tempted to go rob another hive, well, they would go to these feeders because they wouldn't have to fight 
to get the honey. They would easily go to the feed, and I mix it real syrupy. Sherry says I mix it way too thick. Mm. I mix it two to one, which is a, which is essentially dry. Is <laughs> which is how you make your tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Two parts sugar and one part tea, huh? Woo! But uh, I put a gallon of sugar, dry sugar, in a one-gallon container, and then I pour in a half gallon of very hot water. Now, folks, that's how you mix two to one. It's it's by dry dry weight, I guess. It's, is it dry, called dry weight? It's, it's just by weight. Let's put it that way. Um, so two to one. And water weighs about the same as sugar. Water's a little heavier. And then, and then I put one teaspoon of Honey Bee Healthy. And boy, the bees have devoured that mix. You know, I, I, you can. I'm sure you've talked about honey be healthy before, and you can do it again if you want. But sometimes I think that smell of that honey be healthy is what brings them all out to the water. Oh, it is, Sherry. It's it's called a feeding stimulant. It's got that lemongrass oil, so it's kind of like their own pheromone smell of marking flowers. You know, it just targets them right in where the feed is but it's got the um it's got these essential oils like spearmint and and i think now i can't make a, a claim to this but i think these essential oils and honeybee healthy are having a grand effect on the health of my bees that's just my opinion i've not tested it but i think it is working but you got me onto something pretty cool you know you you have chickens and of course you have these little chicken waterers and you had a couple that you weren't using for some reason. Well, I put my feed, my, my half-gallon jars on the, on these feeders, and wow, that was money. My bees fed on that, and they didn't drown, you know. They, they loved it. They, they, the other day when I fed them, they, they took down a whole gallon in just probably less than three hours. Well, now, those chicken waters are for chicks, not chickens. So they're the, you know, don't go out there and, mm. and think you're going to buy those great big ones because I think you could probably drown the bees. Yeah, I did try one of those big ones, and yeah, it's not real. I had to put stuff around the rim of it to keep them from drowning. Right. So Dave was talking about the um, the ones that are meant for, for, for brand new chickens. You can use those. Of course, we would rather you call and buy one of our feeders. <laughs> that keeps us eating just a little bit longer when you do that. But in a, you know, in this economy, sometimes you just do with what you got. And, you know, if you had a chicken water around something like that, you can use it. Mm, Yeah, that's right. One of the things I noticed, too, those of you that that are going to try this, when you begin feeding your bees two to one, two parts sugar, one part water, it is so thick and syrupy that, and like, if you're going to be like me, I just use hot water out of my, you know, tap. It doesn't always dissolve really well. You probably should boil it, but I don't like boiling water. I always burn myself. But, you know, if you, the hotter you can get it, the more you can melt it, the less it's going to clog up. But I had to modify. That's, that's why I like your chicken feeders. See, they don't have lids on them, right? You just screw the jars onto the chicken feed, the chick feeders, and you just turn it over, and it won't run out until they drink it down. But if you use the two-to-one on the jars that have the tiny little holes, it ain't coming through. And I, my bees were sticking their little proboscis up those little holes. It was so clogged up, you know. And I saw some, they couldn't get the thick syrup through those tiny holes. So, And a grain of sugar will clog it up, so you'll have to wrestle with that. But if you need honey, be healthy. We are a distributor. 
16 ounces goes a long way. <laughs> it's highly concentrated. 22 bucks. You can call us and order that and try to feed on these warm days. You're going to help your bees a lot. I was reading some stuff today, and I don't know if I believe this, but one person who was a knowledgeable scientist or entomologist said this, that fall feeding of two-to-one sugar is better for the bees than their own honey. <laughs> That's hard for me to believe. I've heard that a lot, though. Really? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I have to find out why. I, I, cause it's, that they can digest the you know, sugar water better than they can digest honey, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Because, you know, we say the opposite about us, right, that it's better for humans to eat honey than raw sugar because honey has more... Um, antioxidants, enzymes, minerals, trace elements of vitamins and so forth. Sugar ain't got nothing like that, does it? No, and it's and it's a processed food and honey's a mm-hmm. honey's yeah. a natural food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So we've had fun feeding our bees, so you need to feed your bees too. Get them built up good for the fall. Uh hey, I was going to ask you about your chickens and all this water that we've had uh um your chickens just roam around out there in the rain. Why Don't they have enough sense to come in out of the rain? My bees do. No, chickens are stupid. Oh. Oh, you know, I was talking to my brother on the phone the other day, and I was just sitting out there, and I thought a dog bit me. I, I was one of our dogs, <laughs> and it scared me. Something bit my finger, and I looked down. It was one of your chickens. He bit me on the hand. Yeah, they bite the hand that feeds them. Oh, yeah. But it'd be fun to see what they do. We'll have a contest. Whose animal will do better this winter? Sherry's chickens or David's bees? Well, I've only got 24 chickens and you've got 24 billion bees. So I think I might win that bet. Ah, yeah, because I'm going to lose bees just out of old age, aren't I? Yeah. Your, bee, your, your chickens are going to keep living for a long time. Well, let's talk about another aspect of beekeeping, Sherry. I got a call today from Dave Turbin. He is uh he's a pumpkin farmer and I've got uh, he and I've had this kind of relationship where, you know, I I treat him nice, he treats me good. Well, I got a couple of hives uh in his um pumpkin patches and he every year he calls me up and says, uh, "Hey, you know, your bees did great. Send me a bill." And um Every now and again, I'll lose a, a hive. They'll swarm and get queenless. And so, let's see. It was um, last year. It was last spring. I, I don't check those hives at all. You may remember Sherry and I telling you about the time that we did check one of those and how I forgot my smoker and they chased me around the truck a few times. But uh, he called me today, Sherry, and he said, uh, "Hey, David, you didn't you didn't send me a bill for last year." Or the year before. And he said, i got to tell you, your bees are saving the day out here. He said, I've never had such a good year. And boy, your bees are making a difference on my pumpkins. And what, is it, what else do they have? Cantaloupes, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Melons. Yeah, all kinds of different kind of melons. And <laughs> I didn't want to say anything to him because, see, he called me two years ago and said this one hive near one of his patches, nothing's in there. And sure enough, I drove out there to check on it. And they were gone. It was the uh, situation where you go queenless and early in the spring and then they get so small that they finally 
you know, abscond and go somewhere else to another hive maybe. So I never did anything with that, and I, he never called me back. And I thought, you know, usually he'd be calling me back saying, hey, I need to get this I need to get this hive in here again. They're all gone. Well, today when he called me, he said, these two hives did great this year. <laughs> he said, boy, he said, uh, I said, yeah, Dave, the one up on the hill has always been a great hive, hadn't it? He says, well, the one closer to my house, boy, it was just boiling over with bees all year this year. Just coming in out there, they did a great job. So what do you think happened, Sherry? I have no idea. Oh, a, a swarm just found it, I guess? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, you know, the, you know, they send scouts out when they're ready to make a swarm. So it's probably my other hive. They got so big and crowded that they finally scouted out this empty hive and they swarmed inside of it. Well, I guess now we can charge him for two hives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. I'm glad he called me because I was going to charge him for one. You know, that's I've heard that I don't know how many times this year. People saying, oh, you know, I didn't get any pumpkins. I didn't get any melons. Where there's a pumpkin patch, or a, I call it a pumpkin patch, a pumpkin farm. Oh, you know, within 30 miles of us, and they've just had the worst time. Oh, really? I think with their apples and their pumpkins, oh, and, right. and they yeah. they came and bought bees and hives off of us so they could get some in there. And I don't know. It's just you know, people just underestimate how much you need bees for pollination of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Boy, that is so true. And I think people feel like. If I if I don't do anything, then it will correct itself. You know, if I just wait long enough, I'll just get the crops that I want. But it's not going to happen without honeybees pollinating those melons, those almonds, those fruit trees. Boy, it is not going to happen. So it's well, so important. And just in, in a person's um, just family garden, you know, if you if you just put in a few tomato plants and a few pepper plants and a you know and a and a couple of pumpkin plants, and you, you've got to have honeybees for those things too. You can you can see a big difference between my garden and somebody else's garden who really doesn't have honeybees. Now there's other things that pollinate, but there's just a world of difference when you can stick a beehive right in your garden patch, and even if you don't want to be a beekeeper, there you can you can come up with a beehive. And a package of bees and and stick those bees in your garden. You're going to have a much better garden and a yard too, for that matter, and a flower garden too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the the uh, newspaper interviewer today asked me, what one thing do you have to get people to understand to keep bees? What do they have to overcome? What is the greatest obstacle that that people have to overcome? And uh, I came up with a real quick answer. What would be your answer, Sherry? And I'll let you think about it for a minute. But what one oh, thing? I don't have to think about it. I'm sure they're saying bee stings. Yeah, he thought it'd be something else. I forget what he said. But I said, oh no, it's the fear of the bees stinging you. I mean, that's one of the greatest reservations about why people don't keep bees. I don't want to keep bees. I'll get stung. But I, I told him, you know, that it's not really like that. Um, once we show people that you can work bees. I spent most of the summer not even wearing a hat and a veil because the bees were so gentle. When they see that, they do need to take Sherry's advice and get some bees on your property to pollinate your gardens and your fruit and vegetables and your trees. It is so important 
to do that. So, you know, think about that and do it. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to talk about, Sherry, while I got you here today. And uh, I was thinking about, we haven't really talked much about a couple of things. I'm excited about um, trying uh, to conquer the next two uh, steps of my Master Beekeeping certification. And we're looking forward to going down to the EAS conference in uh, Boone, North Carolina. And, uh, wow, that's going to be, uh, you know, it's so much studying, so many books to read. I think you would be better at doing it than I would because you are the intellect. <laughs> but it's challenging. And, you know, the reason I want to do it is because I, I want to know more about beekeeping. And this forces me to put my nose in the books and the literature and talk and go to conferences, kind of, you know, get uh, more of that knowledge ready for that uh, master beekeeper certification. But I had no idea that there was so much detail and <laughs> in this certification, yeah, like uh, we, you know, we have to be able to identify almost every single nerve and gland, <laughs> reproduction, everything about everything to do with bees. Well, I was surprised too when you told me that you had to know about other kinds of bees yeah. and and wasps and. Those kinds of things. When I asked you why, you know, this is for honeybees, you said that it was because there's a, a lot of people, and it is true, a lot of people do call and say, oh, I've got these swarms, I've got these bees, what do I do? And then we've got to go and say, oh, well, that you don't have a honeybee, you've got a, you know, a yellow jacket, you've got a, a dauber, you've got a, you know, fill in the blank. And we have to be able to know all those other different kinds of um, insects, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's right. And and plus, you know, when someone hears that you're a master beekeeper, they're going to expect you to give right answers. And that's why you have to study to know what you're talking about. Because if you're just a beekeeper, you can give your opinions. But I've noticed, you know, once you get to a place where you know more than just your own opinions, you have more uh, resources to give better answers when you're interviewed on TV. So, you know, I'm working on that. So... Uh, I don't know how many of the next sections I'll pass this uh, August, but two more to go. Hey, and the other thing I want to talk about was something that I'm kind of proud of is Thomas the Tractor. <laughs> We've not talked about Thomas the Tractor. Well, no, I was going to say a minute ago when we were talking about something. I remember it's left my mind now that you still have to get your, what are they called, forks for mm-hmm. the front of your tractor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of things that uh, some of the supplies that we get come in on semis. And uh, (laughs) I can just see people now coming out to visit us and going, I want to see Thomas. Oh, yeah, Thomas the tractor. Uh, Sherry, I think every man needs to own an old tractor. You know, I think we should put that in the front yard and string Christmas lights on it this year. But I use it. And not in the snow, you won't. Oh, yeah. That's how I dig us out. Why? I'll be plowing the lane with that thing. Really? Maybe. If it's really bad, (laughs) I'll have to use the end loader to dig us out. (laughs) But it's fun. Your dad's got an old 1948 tractor that he loves to tinker with. And it's fun. This is a 1958 case. case Case-O-Matic. And I've piddled with it. You know, I bought it for a song and... I've, you know, been replacing hydraulic lines and all getting things working. But, boy, it's been a workhorse, and we are looking forward to using it in the bee operation around here as well. 
Well, we're going to start moving those beehives to uh-huh. winter them a little bit, and we're going to get that tractor out and get it going so we can start moving all those hives. Yeah, let me tell folks what we're doing. We built this berm. Berm? berm? Is that the right? <laughs> yeah, we built this big dirt berm around uh, this section where I do a lot of my uh, raising of the queens. And so we're we're going to put all the bees back behind this building where this dirt, probably what is it, five foot, six foot tall dirt mounds, and I'm going to let the let that serve as a wind block. And uh, we have another person who shall remain nameless who has given us some of these huge road signs, these billboard signs you see when you're going down the interstate. I thought they were paper or something, but they're real thick material. And uh, we're going to use those to kind of build some wind blocks too. But I'm, I don't really believe in wrapping hives with tar paper and such, but I do believe in knocking down. You know, we live in central Illinois. The wind here, when it, by the time it hits us, it started like in the North Pole. <laughs> and it didn't even hit a tree or anything until it got here, you know. And so it's brutal out there, and we, we're just going to provide a little wind block, see how we fare. So Thomas has been working hard, moving dirt, and getting all the hives ready that way. You know, the the other day, uh, someone said that the uh, last podcast we did was kind of messed up when they were listening to it. But I listened to it, and it didn't didn't have that uh, problem. But someone said it was overlaid. So if you ever listen to one of our podcasts and you find something that's abnormal about it, uh, let us know because... I have a little bit of radio experience in my background, <laughs> and so, you know, it's based on that that I'm able to to uh, kind of produce these podcasts in MP3 format. You have to kind of, uh, what do you call it, compress them down and so forth. So sometimes that messes up, and if you're, if you find that, just email me or give us a call and say, hey, something's wrong with that podcast. you got to fix it. It's, is this called Talk Internet? Uh, I don't like talk radio, but we're not on the radio. We're on the internet. So is this talk internet? Have you heard of the talk internet before? No, uh. Uh-uh. It's a neat title. I like it. Talk internet. <laughs> talk internet. This is talk internet. <laughs> it is talk internet, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up, Sherry. Now, I I I want to tell people to they ought to be after us when we don't make a podcast. They need to call and say, hey, you know, where's your podcast? Because we need to encourage. We want to do this more often. We're doing it about once a month. We wanted to do them every day when we first started. So, if you can just let us tell you about our day to day activities, we'll try to do more and and. Uh, but if yeah, if you start missing them, let us know and encourage us to make another one. And certainly let us know what sorts of topics you want us to talk about and we'll we'll uh we'll talk about them and let you know where the uh good resources on the internet are the the lessons that David writes are on there too so let us know what topics we haven't talked about that you're interested in. Mm, yeah, and as always you can email us your questions as well at david at honeybees online. All right, Sherry, well, uh, we'll just keep plugging away here at the Honeybee Farm, wishing all of our uh, uh, listeners the best for the upcoming winter that we're all going to face. We're all going to be keeping our fingers crossed, prayers going up, and uh, doing what we can to make sure our bees make it through the winter.
thank you for joining us here at Studio B Live. It's been fun having you along. Don't go anywhere just yet. Don't, don't, don't hit the stop or close the browser down just yet. I want to give you some information, and uh, you'll like this information. We're going to start taking package B orders on November the 9th. Let me see what day of the week that is. November the 9th. Let me look at my calendar here. Make sure it's not a Sunday or something when we're not going to be by the phone. <laughs> that wouldn't be good for you, would it? November the 9th is Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. November the 9th is my sister's birthday. She lives down in Tennessee. But you calling me will not interfere with her birthday celebration. So give us a call November the 9th. Um, we decided to take orders early. Last year we didn't take orders until first of the year. But we were so overwhelmed that we thought we would just cushion it a little bit more and allow people to get a head start as well. We have already been inundated with people calling and wanting to order packages, so it leads us to believe it's going to be another fantastic year for beekeeping with even new, more new people getting involved in beekeeping. So that's coming up November the 9th. Call in. Now, you can call in after the 9th, of course. We're not going to run out until next uh, late next winter, early spring. Don't wait until April to call us and try to get bees. Uh, that worries me. I, I don't want you to miss out. We could run out. We could not get you any bees. Um, so do uh, call early. You don't. All of you don't have to call on November the 9th. Obviously, you couldn't. The phones would be busy. But uh, we do have two lines, and we will start taking orders for package bees. Also, it will be up on the website. Many of you ordered your packages of bees over the Internet last year, and we'll have that up again live on November the 9th. Maybe even, if you stay up late, you might even see it on the website on November the 8th, but who knows. <laughs> well, that's coming up. Hey, and also, uh, don't forget to uh, think about signing up for our upcoming beekeeping class. If you're in the area or need to use up some of those air miles, Come on over on November the 14th on Saturday. We're going to have an all-day class. My wife and I are teaching it together. We're providing lunch for you. Come and hang out with David and Sherry and talk about beekeeping. And we're going to fill your mind up with all sorts of information on how to be a beekeeper. And if you are a beekeeper, how to be a better beekeeper. November the 14th. So mark your calendars. You can, you can register for that class online just go to our main website at honeybeesonline.com and there's a link there you can register we'd love to have you if you want to give us a call do that our telephone number is 217-427-2678 and we are a live working bee farm where work never ceases so forgive us if we can't always be at the phone sometimes we're just busy working but we'll try to get back to you, so do leave a message. That number again, 217-427-2678. And, of course, you can always follow us on Twitter and uh, Facebook as well if you're into that. And you can also email us at david at honeybeesonline.com. That's david at honeybeesonline.com. Fire us some questions if you want to. We'll try to answer your beekeeping questions. 
So that's our contact information. Of course, uh, be sure and check out our blog where we have online beekeeping lessons. That's located at basicbeekeeping.blogspot.com where we are currently running a questionnaire, a survey on what do you look for in the characteristics of a queen. We'd like for, your, for you to participate in that survey. Vital information. Check it out at basicbeekeeping.blogspot.com. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you for joining us. And write us through email or call us and try to get me and Sherry to do this more often. Our intention is to do this very often, and we just get so busy we don't sit down in front of the microphone. So tell us that you like this. Tell us that you're intrigued by it. Tell us that you want to see a new program so that we'll be encouraged to do it. And we'd love to hear back from you. All right, take care. This is David and Sherry from Long Lane Honeybee Farms. Uh, We want to encourage you to take good care of yourself and behave yourself.